0: I'm Paul Wiegraff, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts, and your host for today. Joining me today is a host of poets in celebration of National Poetry Month, and I have to give credit to Lisa Black with Garnet Girl LLC for coordinating this wonderful opportunity to hear from poets from a couple different decades. Uh, Lisa Black, uh, let me uh, go to you first and give you an opportunity to introduce the other three guests who you so kindly uh, pulled together for this morning's session.
1: Well, oh, good morning, Paul. And thank you again for having all of us here to celebrate uh, April natural, National Poetry Month. And uh, it is an absolute pressure to have some of the most fabulous women I know uh, all around, but also as some of the best poets that I know. Uh, I, we have Lindsay Atkins, who is a celebrated award-winning poet who's hailing currently from the state of New Jersey. I've known Lindsay for many years and uh, have enjoyed her poetry uh, very, very, very much. I have Abigail Hawk hailing all the way from New York, Long Island specifically. Um, Abigail and I met uh, through some other creative uh, endeavors. She and I have worked on several films together. But through our uh, friendship with Lindsay, we started to realize that we all kind of have the poetry bug. And lastly, but not least, also hailing from the state of Delaware, currently studying at Whitman College in Washington State, is my daughter, Sophia Black, um, who is a young poet since the time I could remember, uh, from the time that she was probably six um so there you have everybody on the call and um yay
0: (laughs) well welcome all it's great to have you with us i'm going to turn to lindsay first lindsay atkins lindsay you've got quite a background in uh writing teaching uh as well as some musical theater background so we share that in common Talk a little bit about your background in writing. What got you interested in that? You have some degrees in it, you've taught at the college level, you've taught at the uh, secondary level. Talk about what, what intrigued you with writing in the first place, and uh, specifically poetry.
2: Um, sure. Uh, thank you, first of all, Paul, for having us, and to Lisa for coordinating this uh, wonderful discussion for National Poetry Month. Um, so. Without getting, I guess, too cheesy or corny about it, um, you know, I've been writing poetry since I was a kid. Um, you know, I would write little, little verses down, little songs, uh, teach them to my brother, make him perform them, uh, which he hated, but <laughs> I, I think maybe he secretly loved it. Um, but I actually, I grew up in Western Massachusetts, um, not far from Amherst, which is where Emily Dickinson. Uh, is from you know. There's the Emily Dickinson Museum, and uh, you know there was I think a heavy emphasis on Emily Dickinson you know in in English classes and everything. And I, I remember being a girl and getting a gift of a Emily Dickinson poetry book, an illustrated one for kids, and just loving it and being like, oh my goodness, this is an actual, this is that like this is a thing, you know that that other people do this um and so that was that was sort of um how how I came to poetry at the you know ripe old age of you know six or seven or whatever it was <laughs> um and obviously those those little poems that I wrote weren't weren't of um you know uh, fabulous quality but um I, I stayed with it and and continued to write and to hone my craft and um yeah, in college, I majored in musical theater. Um, I also majored in English with an emphasis in creative writing. Um, and then I went on to get my master's in creative writing, uh, which I finished last year. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess in a, in a, in a nutshell, that's my, my background a little bit.
0: <laughs> Some of the recent works that you've done and, and because I know you're published. yeah yeah what what are are they oh sorry sorry i should have posed that as a question
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's okay uh yeah so um uh recently i've been published in places like um electric lit um narrative um crab fat magazine common ground review um great weather for media so to speak journal which is a a a wonderful uh feminist journal um and um yeah lots of lots of great uh magazines and journals um that i'm always honored to be a part of
0: now now tell me with your background in creative writing uh just briefly a little bit of about the difference between creative writing and poetry what you know what sort of turn what skills, what techniques, what considerations do you keep in mind for poetry as opposed to prose? Uh,
2: that's interesting. Um, so uh, creative writing, right, is, you know, that includes poetry, creative mm-hmm. nonfiction, fiction and everything in between, you know, any kind of hybrid uh, work, right? Um, and poetry is, is you know, a, a genre under that umbrella. Um, In terms of when I write prose, you know, I I think I still tend to lean towards, uh, you know, very lyrical language. I still lean heavily on imagery. Um, Poetry, though, um, and this is something that's always stuck with me, the poet Sophie Cabot Black, uh, whose work, I love and I was fortunate enough to study with her for a little bit at the 92nd Street Y. She said, um, poets are very fortunate in that we get to play with language in ways that other writers don't necessarily get to. We really get to get our hands dirty. We get to get in there and really, you know, bend things. You know, in poetry, you, you sort of have the luxury of being, you know, you can spend an hour on a line if you want, you can spend an hour on a word right? Finding the exact right word. And that, to me, I guess that almost um, problem-solving aspect of poetry is is what I find the most satisfying. Um, and that's something that I've always tried to impart to my students as well when I teach is, you know, that um, when you're writing poetry, it's to me, it's fun to find the exact right word because it's there. It exists, right? Um, and that, that discovery and that journey um, and that, you know, just taking that time is, is what, I, what I enjoy the most, I think, with poetry.
0: Great, thanks. Let's turn now to Abigail. <clears throat> Our listeners may be familiar with Abigail Hawk from her regular role in Blue Bloods. And um, uh, what, what was the other series, Abigail? Oh, uh, Law and Order, uh, SVU. Uh, and and some other appearances as well, almost Paris, which I think Lisa Black she worked with you on, right? Correct. Uh, and Lindsay, I think you are connected with that somehow as well. So so, but Abigail, we're we're here today to talk about your work as a poet. What got you interested in poetry? We we don't often think of uh, faces where, that are familiar to us from stage and screen and television as having other artistic interests or pursuits, but clearly you have an interest in poetry. Where where did that come from?
3: Well, I think, you know, to piggyback off of um, the lovely Lindsay here, um, I feel like most artists in the beginning of their infancy as artists, we tend to uh, draw inspiration from wherever we can find it. Um, and sometimes we settle in theater. And in my case, now I've settled in television and film. But, you know, when I first started realizing that I was a creatively um, driven individual, um, I wanted anything creative that I could get my hands on. Poetry, um, creative writing, singing, writing songs, um, dancing, which I have since learned that I do not excel at, um, theater, etc. So, um, you know, I really started with poems at a young age. My mom um, was a public school teacher and um, really nourished that in me, um, that need to play with words. And, you know, I mean, I was uh, i was an avid haikuist, which I think we all were at some point, um, but I was like obsessed with them and anything um, that I could make into a haiku, I would. Um, and I was always even through school where i majored in in theater i was always known as um as the good writer uh not necessarily with plays and things that were creatively driven but research papers um i'm very good at at um finding my thoughts and and putting them to paper in fact i find myself better on paper And sounding a lot more intelligent on paper than I do um, in person, but I'm sure we can probably all say that because we have the the benefit of time. Um, But I've always loved it. And now that I'm um, a mom and I have a a steady job and I'm not constantly auditioning, um, I really have been able to turn towards it and nurture it a little bit more. i don 't have any formal background in writing at all. Um, I am a very free form poet and i 'm you know self taught uh, which I hope to remedy at some point because i, I think I need to um, I think I need some learning um, but I really have just enjoyed the freedom of the emotions that come to me through poetry, especially with being a mom now um, It just has opened up uh so many doors to language that I didn't really have access to before. Um, And so it's, it's a second, you know, it's a second thing that I'm just full heartedly diving into.
0: Well, yeah, I'm always fascinated with, with uh, uh, artists, whether they be in the performing arts or the literary arts, having some other kind of artistic uh, expression Mm -hmm. uh, as, as, as an alternate way to either process or to, uh, to, to just think through what, what's Absolutely. going on in our lives. So I, I, I think that's fascinating to hear from you. I want to turn to you next, Sophia, but let me first remind our listeners that we are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450, WILM, and 1410 WDOV. Joining me today is a host of poets, Lisa Black, Abigail Hawk, Sophia Black, and Lindsay Adkins. Uh, Sophia, let's turn to you. You are the youngest of the poets here today, and a, uh, are you native Delawarean? I know you went to Cab Callaway. Um,
4: yes, very native Delawarean. I was born in Princeton, but I moved there when I was two to Newark, and I've okay. been to six other schools since.
0: So talk about your uh, early fascination with poetry and how, uh, how you have developed that over the years.
4: I think what's different than a lot of peers my age, there's so many people I know that when you go through school and you're learning the classics, it's really hard to like that and reading Comprehend and like go through Whitman, Walt Whitman, doing those and transcendentalism. And I think I'm very privileged because I I got to look at poetry from a different lens. Um, Like kind of what Lindsay was saying about creative writing and how that's kind of like poetry or what Abigail was saying about how she wanted to consume everything. I got kind of poetry through videos of college spoken word competitions. And I was really drawn to that kind of like a live theater performance or like a song or like music when somebody found just the right word that creates this euphony instead of like this cacophony in your ear. You're like, wow, I really wanna hear that. I really like the punch of that. And then that kind of developed into looking at poetry from again, a different lens um when I came to college (laughs) um when I I I first came here to be an English major and then I studied a pub intermediate and advanced poetry under Katrina Roberts um who's a very acclaimed poet who I could go on all day about her and all the things she's taught me but the most valuable thing that I got was to not kind of get stuck in looking at poetry just as words on a piece of paper but like What are the words doing on the piece of paper? I think there's very beautiful artistry in just everything, uh, the syntax of it. How does the stanzas look on the page? Why is it in couplets? Why is the whole piece in couplets? Why is the whole piece a big block? Why are some pieces over here? You could scatter the words all over the page and it'd be an accepted narrative poem. I love narrative poetry. I think it's very interesting that you can tell a story without using um, a prose format or sentences or punctuation. I like how you can convey different motions of the speaker in a way that you it would be limited to with um, other media, film, whatever. I think it's very open and free form. I love the collaboration that can come from poetry. You think of Japan, you think of Rengaz, 900 line Rengas, which are just haikus composed by people going back and forth with each other forever for as long. And I find that very interesting. There's just a whole set of cultures and community around it that I've always been super interested in. And, you know, just like Abigail said, you get your emotions out. You can write when you're a kid. And then that turns into, hey, maybe I'll just keep writing.
0: Yeah, as as you're speaking, Sophia, it, it occurred to me that, I mean, from the time we're very little so much of what we learn as young children is through poetry and through rhyme and through the lyrics of children's songs. And, and Sophia, you used the term emotional. There's something about poetry that just has uh, that kind of an emotional, visceral uh, connection and, uh, and on a more practical level, level, serves as such a great mnemonic device for, you know, so much of what we, what we try to process. Uh, before I before I go to you, Lisa, uh, I want to quiz uh, the three we've heard from so far. I'll give you a minute. If you had to pick one desert island poet, who would that desert island poet be? Anybody want to go first? <laughs> I'd
4: be willing to tackle that, Paul. Go ahead. Um, if Mary Oliver was still alive, maybe Mary Oliver, but from alive contemporary poets, I'd say Roske, hands down, over and over again, Roske. This man is so brilliant. Um, he is such a point of view. His list poems, they're fun. He, he has such a balance of uh, punch and whimsy to his poems. And he, it's so versatile, there's so many forms. I don't think I'd ever be bored on a desert island with Ross Gay. he would name every individual bit of sand in a list poem and then make me cry about it.
0: Lindsay, you're looking very pensive in my Zoom screen here. <laughs> Any thoughts?
2: Yeah, it's, um, it's so hard, you know, because there's so many wonderful poets out there and everyone I think brings their um their own unique voice to the table um i'm also a huge ross gay fan um uh i would say i would say maybe ocean wong i love his work um i love um how he he um uses it to to weave narrative but He, I love his attention to language. Um, I love his rawness. Um, And I I, I think, you know, if, if I had to pick someone to be with, you know, I, 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 I don't think I could live without his words right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I would say it's it's probably a toss up between Ocean Vuong and Morgan Parker. Morgan Parker is also um, fabulous.
3: Um I adore her work as well.
0: Great. How about you, Abigail?
3: Well, the first person that came to my mind probably because um I saw a post of hers this morning on Instagram which sums up my life in a nutshell. <laughs> um is Rupee Carr. Um and I love her because she uh, draws in addition to um, she 's a visual artist in addition to a, a literary artist, and she just writes these lovely little snippets um, that I feel like encapsulate what it is to be a woman right now, um, and particularly a woman of color and um, I love the way that she sees the world um, and you know other other than her um, i mean I feel like Mary Oliver is trite. But at the same time, she's not at all. And if I was stuck on an island with her, the way that she, the, her descriptive language in, in terms of nature, there's, to me, is, is unrivaled. Um, except for maybe Wendell Berry. I do love, I, I love his work as well. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> great, great, thanks. Okay, Lisa, let's turn to you first, your desert island poet. And then in a couple minutes, we have left a little bit about what
1: poetry has meant to you and your career. Oh, thank you. Um, Wow. My desert art poet. Well, I'm going to kick it old school here. Uh, It it is a toss up for me between Keats and Rumi. I mean, I'm going way back, but uh, the way hearing these amazing women speak about, you know, what influences them in their poetry, what it means to them. For me, uh, my poetry is a little different. I, I, um, I really just get it down. It's really and again, echoing what the other women had, on this call had said, is that it's it's an emotional release for me. And I didn't really quite realize that until I started looking back over uh, my work over, you know, the last couple of decades. And it really, you can, for me, see different styles or different poems that I have written um, definitely are uh, my way to process what has happened in my life, in my experiences, and a lot of them are around myself as a woman at different stages of my life, as a mother, as a wife, um, as a lover, and and so I'm clearly using my poetry without even knowing uh, as a as a as a way to to get out or evoke emotion. Um, and uh, it's always nice when I do share it with um, folks that I do get some kind of visceral response uh, from, from them, and, and that's always nice. And just recently was published, uh, the Delaware Board's Poetry Book Review of 2020, uh, selected one of my poems entitled Untitled, uh, which... I wrote uh, around my experiences traveling the world as, as a filmmaker, as a, as a producer. Um, I tend to also do that. They're very, they're very visual and they're very you know, drawing on the experiences of my travels. So I was quite honored to be included uh, in, in uh, finally being published. But um, yeah, so that's, that's um, I find with poetry, I don't make changes. I get it down and I don't go back and edit. So I think there, that's the difference for me, um, I guess I could, but I almost kind of like the fact that it's very raw. I lay it down, and what's there is there—right, um, wrong, or indifferent. So, um, but I, I love it, uh, and it's been kind of lovely to share the gift of poetry with my daughter Sophia. So it's kind of nice to have that sharing of uh, of, of the of that that medium with each other. So. Uh, with that, uh, again, I just want to say um, to everybody on this call, poetry is, give it a try, give it a whirl. It's the National Poetry Month. Um, hopefully you've been inspired by uh, the women that were uh, brought here together. And uh, I toss it back to you, Paul.
0: Well, thanks so much, Lisa Black, Lindsay Adkins, Abigail Hawk, and Sophia Black, for joining us today in celebration of National Poetry Month. Best to all of you. And check out Uh, the Academy of American Poets website for all sorts of activities to celebrate National Poetry Month.